Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajahat Ali. And what do we got in this democracy shit that we are living in this week, Wajahat? We have the noble but most likely probably feeble attempt to preserve the last remnants of this democracy-ish in the United States of America because the Democrats who currently hold the majority in the House, but probably not for long, or finally, 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 thank Allah, thank God, thank any deity or non-deity that you believe in, are holding public hearings on the January 6th insurrection that left five people dead, including a police officer. Specifically, there's going to be six investigative hearings uh, presided over by the House Select Committee, which has two Republicans in it, Republicans Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. If you all remember Liz Cheney, her last name is Cheney of Darth Vader, Dick Cheney, the former vice president. She used to be the number three ranking Republican. Uh, But she said, you know what? A violent mob chasing me and my colleagues trying to kill me and overthrow an election is a bridge too far. So she's been doing her part to be like, you know, maybe this shouldn't happen again. And Adam Kinzinger also agreed. And as a result, they have been exiled from the Republican Party to the point where Adam Kissinger says he can no longer run for re-election. And Liz Cheney, again, last name, mother effing Cheney, is now a villain in the same GOP where she was the number three. Jamie Raskin, who's done a lot of great work, uh, Democrats, promises that the uh, the hearings, in, uh, which basically come at the heels of uh, a year-long investigation where the House Select Committee has apparently heard uh, interviews from over a thousand people, a thousand witnesses, Danielle, mm-hmm. will, quote, blow the roof off the House. But the question that we should have, I think, today, or several of the questions that we should have, I have these questions. Number one, uh, what do you think these six public hearings will accomplish. I have a question for you, Daniel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What should be the message and narrative mm-hmm. that Democrats craft that is simple and accessible and drill into the heads of Republicans for the, ne- uh, excuse me, drill into the heads of Americans for the next two years? And then a third question I want to have for us is what would be happening and how do we cover this if it wasn't a bunch of white Christian nationalists, but mm, I don't know, black folks and Muslims who tried to overthrow 
the U.S. Capitol. Well, so the first question I have for you, Danielle, yes, please, um, is uh, uh, again, uh, what do you th- how, what do you think will be the result of these six hearings that we're finally having in the summer, a few months before? the midterm election nothing um i think that the result <laughs> i can always yeah. i can always count on you for your cynicism correct um and and now i think that most people are just starting to understand that when everyone has said that i've been a cynic that i've been hyperbolic that i've actually been the one that's been telling the truth for the last five years plus when i said mm. that donald trump's presidency was going to be white supremacy's last grasp. When I said Mm. that electing a megalomaniac was going to be the crater that was going to open up and swallow the American project. And so what do I think is going to happen? Nothing. And why is that? Because Democrats have lost time. They have lost momentum in the fact that they have allowed quietly for the House 1-6 Commission to be interviewing and to be going through and trying to understand and get to the bottom of the insurrection. And the entire time, right, those that were not on the committee, but in elected office have been talking about absolutely nothing about the insurrection, right? Everybody, including Democrats, have wanted to turn the page and said, oh, well, we'll just let the commission, you know, tell us what we need to know, because that works so well with the fucking Mueller report. So my feeling is this, those people who already know and are already outraged are going to continue to already know and be outraged by what we all saw collectively on January 6th, right? Like this is not, while they want to have this hyper-produced, uh, docu-style um, uh, entertain- infotainment, right, for the American public, the reality is it's not being shown on Fox News, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality is, is that- no, the people- Fox Business will talk about it. Fox Business I'm will talk sure about it. I'm sure Fox <laughs> Business will talk about it. And I'm sure that, you know, Tucker Carlson will talk about it by calling it a witch hunt. And I'm sure that Kevin McCarthy will come out and do what he normally does, which is talk out of both sides of his ass, which happens to be on his face. So I, I just, I mean, <laughs> my feeling with, I am just Waj- so outraged these days. I am not sleeping anymore. I have friends whose kids are afraid to go to school. I have just like this feeling of pure rage and anger at the Democrats. Because you see, we always knew who Republicans were. I've been talking about Republicans since I went to Capitol Hill so many decades ago. I knew who they were, right? And so When you have people staring in your face and saying that what we saw on January 6th was a dust up, that the the calling for the hanging of the calling for the hanging of the vice president of the United States is normal political discourse. And that shitting in the Capitol building that had not come under siege by Confederates is a normal, casual fucking tourist tour. And you allow that to be a both sides conversation in the media. I just don't know what, what it is that we expect, what Herculean efforts we expect to come out of a six-part Netflix docu-series brought to you by the House Democrats. Amber Heard is going to get punished more for shitting literally on Johnny Depp's bed than violent insurrectionists will get for shitting in the U.S. Capitol. And when you mentioned Dust Up, uh, for those of you who don't know, that's in response to uh, the Washington Commanders 
head coach Jack Del Rio saying on his own to the press in a follow-up to a tweet that the January 6th violent insurrection that left five people dead and which is part of an ongoing coup by the entire right-wing infrastructure to overturn our democracy was a, quote, dust-up. And then he did a both sides false equivalence and said, well, how come we aren't talking about all these riots and cities burning in response to the overwhelmingly peaceful protests following the murder of George Floyd. It always comes back to racism, I'm ladies just, and gentlemen. I'm just confused. Like, watch. What this, city this guarantees, is on, by the what? way, the Washington commanders are cursed for the next year. I'm just saying this again continues the curse. Is is Washington, D.C. on fire right now? Because New York <laughs> nope. City is not on fire. Is Chicago on fire right now? What what is it that they believe by saying that these urban areas, the ones that, you know, subsidize their fucking rural lives and their suburban white neighborhoods? What do they think is actually happening in these cities? Right. With all the fire and carnage and mayhem. Black and brown people are living their lives. Oh, that's right. I'm and sorry. exercising their constitutionally protected rights to peacefully protest against a police force that instead of serving to protect them, kills them. Oh. Uh, and <laughs> Colin Kaepernick kneeled. It actually goes back to a point I was saying. You know, I, I started off with a three-part question to you, to you for us. Uh, I'll go to the third question uh, instead of the second question, which is, and again, it's like a beautiful illustration of, of what you and I were talking about, and Jack Del Rio just gave us a gift. Uh, what would have happened if it was a bunch of black and brown folks and Muslim folks who decided, you know what, we're mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore. We don't like how this... Uh, election landed. We don't like the fact that Republicans completely dominated the 2022 midterms, and now they have the Senate. Now they have the House. Damn it. We're going to get all of our friends, and we're going to take weapons, and we're going to literally just bum rush the police, kill one. A bunch of others are going to be so traumatized, they're going to kill themselves. We're going to try to illegally go through the doors. Then once we get in, we're going to go shit here and shit there and steal stuff and literally look for the vice president and speaker of the house in order to kill them. Uh, and then we're going to be called ordinary citizens and treated like uh, legitimate protesters. Oh, no, of course not. We'd be shot dead. But let's just say, Daniel, for mm -hmm. a second. In, 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 in the follow up of Jack Del Rio doing a straight up both sides comparison between a violent insurrection, which you call the dust up. And a bunch of black and brown folks peacefully protesting the death, the murder of George Floyd. What would happen? How would this country respond top down if the same thing happened on January 6th, but it was a bunch of black and brown folks and let's say mostly liberal or Democrats? The same way that the FBI responded when they got word from a internal report 12 years ago about the rise in white domestic terrorism. They instead would in create a task force that would look into black extremism, which isn't a mm. fucking thing. So the reality here is that it isn't just about Republicans doing what they have always done. This country has never had had never had language and policy on the book for white domestic terrorism. And the mm. and the question is why? Right. We have a, a, a dedicated museum, I believe that it is in Alabama, that is dedicated to this country's legacy of lynching black yeah. people, black children, black women, right? And we've never, 
had a policy to deal with white domestic terrorism. We have had white domestic terrorists blow up churches, kill black children, kill from Emmett Till to the little girls uh, in, in, in the church that was blown up. In Alabama. In Alabama. I mean, you have all to of Buffalo, these- To Buffalo, two weeks ago. To, to Buffalo a few weeks ago. You have all of these incidences- too many to actually name, some by the hands of police officers and others by white vigilantes and white mobs. You have entire towns that have been burned down by white domestic terrorists in this country over the course of the last several centuries, and nothing has been done. And the question is, why? Because white people cannot be in charge of policing themselves. And when you mm. create an entire narrative and fictional illustration of exceptionalism, right? When you create this, oh, well, this benevolence, right? This benevolent idea of the slave master was our first iteration of the gaslight and the anti-CRT, right? And that happened many, 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 many centuries ago. That story, that narrative, oh, <clears throat> that if we had left these black savages to themselves, then they would have destroyed the nation. Oh, you oh, mean Birth build of a nation. it? <laughs> Just go watch the movie Birth of a Nation. It's right there. I, I, same old, same old. Yeah. I, and but so I, it's it's hard, I think, Waj. And I ask you because you have children that you are trying hmm. to raise in this country, three of them, that are brown right? That are Muslim in a country that literally, as your book has stated, hates us, hates yeah. them. I just don't know. What are you telling your kids? What are you offering to them if they're coming to you and saying, I'm afraid to go to school. I'm afraid to do this. I'm afraid to do that. Because I don't understand how we're supposed to assuage that fear. I don't know how you do that without lying and telling them that they're safe. Yeah, I th that's it's a tough question because because I think it's gonna get worse before it gets better, and and the reason why I sometimes put myself in this situation and say what would happen if Muslims would do it is because I survived, we survived, we're still surviving the war on terror, mm -hmm. and when nineteen foreign hijackers brought down the two towers, I was told literally that day, and I was all the way in Berkeley. I was a twenty year old uh, senior at UC Berkeley. I got my first email saying go back to where you came from, and then I got blamed for the violent actions done by violent people I've never met. Oh, you terrorists! Right? So we all get flattened. Uh, we're never extolled or praised uh, for our best, uh, the best. Right? That's seen as an anomaly, but we all of a sudden become responsible for the worst of our people's interactions. Right? All of us are collectively held to blame, especially all black folks. Apparently, are burning down all the cities and responsible for our, all the gun violence and as such we become a problem and then as such when you become a problem people come up with solutions and historically when people are seen as problems the solutions have been pretty terrible daniel and so the solution when it was muslim terrorists was first and foremost to name it remember republicans had to name it you have to call it islamic terrorism Mm -hmm. Us versus them. Mm -hmm. Then we had to do a war. We had to friggin' destroy Iraq, which had nothing to do with 9 11. Nope. We still destroyed Afghanistan, by the way, bombed Somalis, bombed Yemenis, right? Bombed a whole bunch of folks that people don't know about. Then that war came home. And even Muslims and those who look Muslimy at home were seen as suspects. The first hate crime after 9 11 was against a Sikh man because bigots are stupid in addition to being violent and decided to kill this poor gas station owner in Mesa, Arizona, a few days after 9-11. Then you fast forward. You got you got the Patriot Act, right? Uh, all of a sudden, you see regulations in airports, right? To this day, we freaking 
can't bring a water bottle through security. Uh, we, we still have to check in our shoes. But apparently, Republicans have no problems with assault rifles that kill our kids. And then you had Donald Trump, who rode that Islamophobia literally to the presidency by saying, I think Islam hates us and promising to ban uh, Muslims uh, until we figure out what the hell is happening. And voila, those same forces now have tried to overturn uh a free and fair election through a January 6th violent insurrection. And now black and brown kids literally are being hunted. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse brought a gun to a BLM protest. Remember that, guys? It was a BLM protest where he shot and killed two white folks. So even white folks aren't safe. Kyle Rittenhouse is a hero. Eddie Gallagher is a hero. Um, Mark McCloskey is a hero. The Proud Boys are heroes. Oath Keepers are heroes. And there's gun violence. And now, even though literally 19 kids are dead, Republicans are like, eh, we love guns more than our kids. So this is a huge way of just trying to, I'm, and when I answer your question, I'm trying to just connect the dots historically. You know, it's a scary place because when I was growing up, uh, it wasn't this bad, Danielle. Like the worst mm-hmm. thing I got called was Apu or Gandhi, which was actually a compliment because I'm like, thank you for calling me Gandhi, a peaceful leader who helped overthrow British imperialism. But after 9-11, I went from Gandhi to becoming Osama. Mm -hmm. I became a Saddam. And now you have a Republican party that openly promotes Islamophobia, like openly. In fact, you're rewarded. And in addition to that, we have kids, regardless of their skin color, who have to survive school, Danielle. Mm -hmm. So you got Islamophobia, white supremacy, climate change, mass shootings, Mm -hmm. uh, and probably a fascist party that's going to take control in 2022. And so look, a part of me, I don't like to lie to our kids. I remember when it came to the George Floyd murder, we showed them parts of the video and we sat them down and we explained to them what happened and why it was wrong. And they kind of got it. We explained to them what COVID is. We explained to them why do you have to wear a mask? We explained to them why you have to care for people. We explained to them why people sometimes say hateful things, but you shouldn't be that way. And that's all I can do, Daniel. I feel like we have to find an oasis in our lives or neighborhoods or communities or even in the home itself where we give our children the protection that they don't have in an American society that sees them as villains and hates them for simply existing. I don't know what else to do right now. You know, I gave I you a just, very long answer to a simple question. N- no, because it's not a simple question, right? And I and I want people, you know, I want our audience that listens to this to like understand the fear and the rage and the anxiety that I know that all of us are embodying right now, particularly those that are from quote unquote marginalized communities. And the reality is, is that the safe spaces that we had are shrinking, right? That's just right. yesterday, I got... Um, one of my uh, listeners on Woke AF sent, DM'd me and sent me a video. And the video was of a group of self-professed Christian fascists from a couple of days ago that were in Dallas, Texas, in the gay neighborhood mm. of Dallas, Texas, organized a mob outside of, an, uh, of a gay bar, screaming, groomers and pedophiles and, you know, and, and death and all of these things. Right. So they decided to travel from wherever fucking neighborhood that they came from to come to one of the only bastions of safe space for LGBTQ people in Dallas to go and threaten them. Gas prices didn't deter them for some reason. No, evidently. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I it, need to throw in some dark humor. No, there. but I just I just say that that like it's it's true. It's just when I'm when I'm talking with my friends who have kids, I'm a godmother and an auntie, and I am just like I don't know how to tell them that they are going to be okay. And if you cannot tell children that you are caring for and love that they are going to be okay. What do you think that we are, what kind of mental health do you think that we are setting them up for? And somebody had said right. to me, and I, and I believe it's true because I think that everything is absolutely connected. And the, the problem that Democrats have is their ability to see reality and then also connect the dots for people. But do we not think that the desire to militarize our schools has anything to do with the fact that we want to privatize them and defund public education, which we have been consistently doing for the last several but, decades. Well, that's what GOP has wanted to do ever since Brown versus Board of Education held that segregation was unconstitutional. That's been the that's been the goal: eliminate public schools, uh, pivot to private schools and charter schools, religious schools where they don't have to teach evolution and they don't have to teach books by written by Toni Morrison and Margaret Atwood and gay authors, and they can indoctrinate their children and preserve them from the forces of modernity and progress. It, it's a book is a book is more dangerous than, than a, an, an AR fifteen bullet. And I and I tell you that um, it was earlier this week. Uh, the actor Matthew McConaughey and his wife, um, because Matthew McConaughey is from Uvalde, Texas, you know, took the po took to the podium uh, in the in the White House press room to say, like, we have got to do something. How is it that he's like? You have, and I'm going to cry because I've been like breaking down in tears all week. You have parents, family members, sons and daughters that are unable to identify the bodies of their kids and their mothers mm. and their uncles and their aunties. And they're using DNA samples, not even, not even dental records Yeah, because their bodies have been ripped to shreds by these weapons of war. Matthew McConaughey's wife held one of the sneakers of the little kid in Robb Elementary School, one of the 19 who lost their lives because that's what her mother used to identify her. This is what we hmm. find acceptable in America. And we allow, and I say this by the media too, they allow Republicans to hide behind their bullshit ideology of the Second Amendment, which is a lie. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. 
Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Well, it, well regulated militia. It's in the Constitution. Well regulated militia, but they don't like the well regulated. And in response to what you just said, Steve Scalise, a Republican leader in the House, who, by the way, you guys all forget, survived a shooting. Uh, instead of saying, you know what, as a person who survived a shooting and almost died, l- let's put some 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 gun restrictions here. Nope. He made the analogy uh, today as we're recording. After a day after the Matthew McConaughey press conference, well, after 9-11, we didn't ban airplanes, did we? He actually said that. Uh, No, we had regulations. We had the Patriot Act. uh, You had all these TSA security measures we already mentioned. I freaking can't bring a water bottle uh, through uh, security, but uh, my fellow Americans can be freaking armed to the teeth with AR-15s. And in Texas, you can conceal and carry uh, uh, without any training. And documents, because this is part and parcel of white supremacy. You can't take my gun from me. I'm going to stand my ground and I'm going to take this country back by any means necessary. That's the same mindset that was present on the January 6th violent insurrection. I don't like the result. These darkies, these liberals are taking this country away from me. I'm going to take it back by any violent means necessary. And and so I started off this conversation, ask you three questions, Daniel. You've answered two. The first one was, do you think that these, these explosive hearings are going to produce any results? And you're saying, no, you don't think so, because the time has passed. Democrats have dropped the ball in the narrative. I, I think you might be right on that. Number two, what would happen if it was a bunch of black folks and brown folks and Muslims who did this? We've already seen it. Uh, 400 years of U.S. history, uh, 400 years of America's treatment against black folks, the ongoing war on terror when a bunch of Muslims did it. And the, the last question I have for you is you mentioned connecting the dots. And you mentioned Democrats are bad at connecting the dots. Uh, And there is a recurring theme here and a frustration, I think, that you and I and others share that Democrats don't name it. Democrats don't tell people what the Republicans are. If there is one through line or a message that the Democrats can create from these six hearings that they could take to 2024, what should it be? We have lost our two-party system because the alternate party that is supposed to collaborate to form a more perfect union has become a radicalized white Mm. supremacist cult and haven for violent, for violent people and violence. This is who they are. This is what they embrace from denouncing, from giving the opportunity to denounce what happened on January 6th, they refused. Given the opportunity to say that they stand with our children and not with the NRA, 
they refuse. Given Mm -hmm. the opportunity to make real change, they refuse. And what they continue to do, however, is to embrace the radicalization via QAnon, via Fox News and more. And so we are no longer a two-party system. And so there isn't an alternative that is about your ideology, that is about, oh, fiscal responsibility. It has been a ruse. And if you are concerned about the safety of yourself, of your children, of anyone that you hold dear, whether it is their ability to get a job, to get an abortion, or the ability to stay safe, then you cannot vote for this party because it would be akin to supporting what happened in Germany in 1932. That's it. And I would say that over and over again. I'd make TikToks. I would make fucking tweets. I would put it on Facebook. I would put it on YouTube. I'd run it on every single goddamn network. And I would put every single person in front of a camera or their own goddamn phone that has a button on their on their lapel that says that they are a member of Congress. That's what I would uh- do from now until Election Day. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I've been saying that for years. You've been saying that for years. There are three issues, in my opinion, that they can drive home. You kind of already mentioned it. Number one, the violent insurrection. Number two, the lack of any gun control. I would say the GOP loves guns more than our children. Prove me wrong. I would straight up just say that. And I would also say that uh, they're going to take away women's rights. They want women to stay in the home. They want women to go back, but women aren't going back because this month or next month, they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade and 70% of Americans want Roe v. Wade. 90% of Americans want some form of gun control, specifically universal background checks. A majority of Americans are against the violent insurrection. But the one thing I wouldn't do is say they are rational actors. That's what I would not do. The one thing I wouldn't do is be Diane you, Feinstein. You mean, you mean that you mean you don't think that Mitch McConnell is a is a good man and a rational yeah. Republican? Yeah, I would not say that. And and I would not be Diane Feinstein. I recommend everyone reading Rebecca Traister's huge uh, New Yorker, uh, New York magazine, I think, profile on Diane Feinstein. To this day, she still believes in these institutions and she's still a centrist and she still thinks there's good to be had there. The reason why all these folks want to go back to the good old days is because these institutions preserved 
whiteness and white supremacy. That's what they did. They didn't preserve us. So they want to, instead of progress and moving forward or reforming these institutions that have forever failed us, they want to preserve these institutions of whiteness, which is why you have people like Feinstein and Biden and others referring to these extremists, these radicals, these violent insurrectionists as, oh, our colleagues, oh, rational actors, oh, bipartisan folks. And I hope, I hope, I hope, Daniel, the one thing if Democrats can muster the spine is to create the language that accurately describes the radicalized movement, is the, it, which is the GOP, and then drive it home again and again and again. But unfortunately, from what I have seen, even after these six hearings, I don't think they'll do it. Let me tell but you, I hope I'm wrong. Let me tell you something. The last thing that I will say is this. I love Michelle Obama more than anything, right? There's a and but years, coming. And years ago when she said, when they go low, we go high, right? Uh, no. Do you know what I've decided? And I thought about this the other night. When they go low, I fucking scuba dive. This <laughs> shit has got to come to an end. And it doesn't do it by referring to people who are literally trying to kill us as your goddamn friend. That's right. Right? It doesn't make you the better person. It makes you fucking naive. Right? And we're, It makes you Charlie Brown. Right. And we're getting to a place where that naivete is costing people their lives. And more yep. people are going to die because of it. We have chosen not to be civil on this podcast, <laughs> uh, but we are rational. And we hope that today's episode, at the very least, gives you some reprieve from the shit show and the gaslighting. And I'll say, inshallah, maybe, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, Danielle, the Democrats prove me wrong. Let's see. Let's see, folks. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. I'm Mujahid Ali. And, you know, God willing, stay safe. We will be back next week.